Uh, let's take our Bibles tonight. We'll, um, we're going to continue, uh, Brother Ray, basically where we left off. We are studying through 2 Kings, and we will eventually get back to chapter 14 tonight. But I want to ask you to uh, turn to 2 Chronicles 25. That's the parallel passage that we were looking at, uh, spending time in uh, last Wednesday night as we examine uh, the life and reign of King uh, Amaziah. Uh, so we'll begin tonight here in the, the parallel passage, Second Chronicles 25 uh, and verse 14. Are you there? Good? Give you a minute. I'm going to pray. Let's bow our heads. Father, we do thank you, Lord, tonight for a Savior. Father, we thank you tonight for your grace. We thank you for forgiveness. Lord, we're not worthy, but we are thankful. Father, teach us to be ever more thankful. Lord, I thank you tonight for my church, for our church. Thank you for my brothers and sisters in Christ who've come out tonight. I pray you bless them for their faithfulness. Lord, I pray you will work in each of our hearts tonight. Father, these are not words that we just say. We mean it. Lord, please work in our hearts tonight. Father, I pray, uh, Lord, please, that you use me tonight. I need your help, and thank you for it. Trust you for it tonight, Father. Lord, work here for your honor and for your glory as we continue uh, to examine the reign of Amaziah. Father, help us bear in mind tonight that he began well, but his heart was not perfect. Lord, his heart was not firmly fixed upon you. And his life began to reflect that. I pray tonight, Lord, that you remind us of the importance of setting our hearts upon you for real. Not just something we say, but Lord, for real. Father, work here, please, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you're in 2 Chronicles 25. Uh, we'll pick it up tonight here. Uh, look down in verse 14. We'll, we'll, we'll get there in, in, in just a moment. This is, uh, you recall, parallel passage to uh, 2 Kings chapter 14. You remember 1st, 2nd Kings, 1st, 2nd Chronicles. Zach, they are, they are basically parallel accounts, right? One will add details. 2nd uh, Chronicles focuses more on the southern kingdom after the kingdoms divide. Brother Ray, we, we've got that down now. Good to see you tonight, sir. Uh, we, we've got that distinction down now. We, we know uh, that these are basically, essentially, parallel accounts. Uh, good to have two witnesses to the same history. We understand uh, these things. We've compared that idea to the, the four witnesses of the four Gospels. Uh, we understand that. So we've looked um, at the first portion uh, of, of the account, the reign uh, of Amaziah. We've studied uh, different aspects uh, of his reign uh, as, as we've encountered them. Uh, we saw uh, that he did execute justice uh, upon those uh, who murdered his father. We looked at the biblical nature of that. I think, Brother Ray, I said, as distasteful as it, as it was, we would have to conclude that that was uh, biblical. Uh, we saw that he had a victory uh, over Edom, uh, but only when he submitted to the Lord uh, and the Lord's message that he gave through uh, his prophet. 
you remember that um, he did not begin consulting the Lord. That's kind of the, the theme that we focused on last week. He, he kind of began charging down the road in, into battle before consulting the Lord, uh, hired some men that he should not have, you remember that, at great expense. Uh, and even though he eventually dismissed them at the Lord's urging uh, in order to uh, conform to the Lord's will, uh, and God gave him a victory, there, there were great consequences for having made that initial decision. And uh, you remember last week, we, we just kind of focused on, on that point. You, you can begin to make decisions without consulting the Lord, Brother Ray, make wrong decisions, uh, and then consult the Lord and get right, but those wrong decisions can still have consequences. And so better to pray first. Better to pray and get it right from the get-go. Lord, give us that heart. Give us that heart. Uh, that's the theme that we examined last week. Um, so despite all of that, uh, Amaziah, now he's got right with the Lord, and the Lord has uh, given him a great victory. I want you to see here in verse 14. Uh, so we're in 2 Chronicles 25, verse 14. Now it came to pass after that Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the children of Seir, Seir, and set them up to be his gods and bowed down himself before them and burned incense unto them. Brother Ed, didn't he just get right with God? Didn't he just get right with God? And as he did, that uh, God blessed him with a victory, gave him this great victory over the Edomites. Yes, there were consequences for how he approached it initially, but he's had a great victory. And no sooner is that victory is, has been accomplished uh, by the Lord through him as he got right with the Lord, that victory is tarnished by a terrible decision. See verse 14 again. Amaziah, after that Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites, a great victory. He brought the gods of the children of Seir. That's a mountain range or reference to a mountain range uh, in that territory that was occupied by the Edomites. Edom. Uh, by the way, it's Bible studies. I ask you a question, right? Um, who are the Edomites descended from? gold star he didn't raise his hand though probably have to probably have to hold that back half of that gold star sister Carol yeah Bible makes that very clear if you're uh, reading through your Bible this year and you're in Genesis maybe saw that recently you're reminded of that recently these uh, enemies of the people are they're the descendants the literal uh, descendants of Esau these are the folks that uh, refused to allow the people uh, to travel through uh, territory they possessed uh, during the Exodus. They continued to be very hostile after that. Uh, they were conquered by David um, and, and here by Amaziah. Uh, they later um, become enemies again, make war against Israel. Eventually Nebuchadnezzar deals with them together with the sort of the world powers that, that follow after them, and they're sort of put down uh, once and for all. But uh, right here, God gives um, Amaziah at least a temporary defeat uh, of the Edomites, these 
uh, descendants of, of Esau. And, and right, Zach, you would think he'd be down on his knees thanking God and praying to God and, he, he, you know, something more like that. But what he does is he takes as spoils of victory, Brother Ray, the gods of his enemies. Now, I know that was a practice. History shows us this. Archaeology shows us this. Certainly the Bible shows us this. It was a practice in the world at that time, in this part of the world. If you conquered an enemy, you had a victory against an enemy, it was a practice to take their stuff, the spoils of war, uh, including their gods. That would be, you know, the, sort of the ultimate uh, offense uh, to your enemy, to your opponents, to take their gods. And Amaziah does this, but he doesn't just take them. He set them up to be his gods and bowed down before them uh, and burned incense unto them. Let me ask you this tonight. Are there other places in Scripture where God gives a great victory? Where God gives a, people get right with God and he gives them a great victory and then almost immediately they choose this profound disobedience to the Lord. Can you think of some other places in scripture? Um, you probably can. Do you have one? Um, one would be um, from the passage this past Sunday night, our Bible college students message. Um, in Judges, the people, God gave the people a great victory um, at Jericho and Ai, is, and um, who was the man that uh, disobeyed the Lord? It was Achan, right? Disobeyed the Lord, uh, and, and the people suffered consequences as a result. God just gave them that amazing, profound, wonderful victory, uh, and right in the heels of that, there's a man disobeying God greatly. Uh, and suffering consequences um, as a result of that. Um, we know in Exodus, people were brought out, miraculously brought out of uh, Egypt uh, through, uh, through the Red Sea, uh, provided for miraculously, uh, and, and yet the people complained. <laughs> they, they murmured, they, they disobeyed. Uh, while, while Moses was on the mountain, uh, communing with the Lord and receiving the Ten Commandments, what were the people doing? What were they doing, Gary? Uh, sorry? Yeah, the golden calf. Uh, you know, the, these great victories um, so often are followed by just unthinkable uh, spiritual defeats. Uh, in, in, you make a couple, uh, just make some notes of, of these examples. Joshua 7, you've got uh, Achan. Uh, Exodus, you've got the example of the golden calf. Uh, there's third one, make a note, 1 Samuel 15. Saul, King Saul, uh, had a great victory over the Amalekites, uh, but refused to the Lord's command to completely destroy the enemy, including all of uh, their livestock, kept the best for himself, uh, resulting in great consequence. Had great victory in battle, but then immediately disobeyed and suffered great consequences. Uh, there's the case in uh, Judges 8. Uh, get that into your notes, please. Judges 8, following the people's victory over the Midianites. Uh, Gideon took gold from the uh, Midianites, the spoils of war, the spoils of victory. 
But he didn't just take gold. He made an ephod of the gold, which was worshipped by the people, uh, made an idol. You see God giving the people great victories. They'll have these uh, tremendous physical victories, and then right on the heels of that, Brother Ray, they fail spiritually in their obedience uh, to the Lord, and they suffer all sorts of correction, plagues and defeats after that, and o oppression of enemies over a long period of time. Why is that? Uh, why is it? Why, why do we see at the sort of, um, you know, mountaintop moments where you would expect the people to just be looking to the Lord and thanking him and praising him and worshiping him, focusing on him, so often they're focused on themselves uh, and or other gods. Why is that? Why is that? Go ahead. They think they can. Why? You said their heads get big because they, they just came off a victory. Gary, I've been thinking a lot about that today. Um, yeah, you see these big victories and, you know, we, we have the privilege to kind of look back and read through and study and see that it's God who gave the victory. You know, from our perspective, looking back and reading the account, we can see plainly that God gave the victory. And honestly, the, <laughs> the people know that God gave them victories as well. But if they weren't careful, it seems like uh, they became prideful, uh, easy to think, oh, look at me, look at the victory that I've had. Brother Ray, you get focused on yourself. You take your eyes off the Lord that just gave a victory. Your eyes are going to go somewhere else. And we know our natural tendencies, they fall back on us. Uh, we get very prideful and begin to pursue uh, that which the flesh desires, that which the old nature desires. You see that over and over and over again uh, in Scripture. I mentioned recently that the, the various cycles of the judges same thing, right? Uh, the people sin. The Lord allows them to be chastened severely over a long period of time. Finally, the chastening leads to repentance. The Lord raises up someone to judge and rescue them uh, from the oppression they've been suffering. Things go well for a time. They're greatly blessed, but then they fall back into sin, and the cycle repeats. Brother Art, I think I said recently, good thing we have a Savior. Good thing we have a Savior. And isn't that the point of, of all of this? Zach, I, you look at the judges, you look at this account here tonight, you consider some of the other uh, Bible historical uh, accounts where basically the same thing happened. The first thing you have to think is, boy, good thing I have a Savior. Good thing those folks had a Savior. Good thing I had a Savior because I know, let me ask you this question, are, are, we, at this, are we at risk uh, has there been, at times in our, our own lives at least, kind of a similar pattern? Maybe, maybe not as much today. And if that's the case, you say, praise God, thank you, Lord, uh, for rescuing me from that, that pattern. But um, may, maybe tonight you say, listen, I, <laughs> I, I'm hearing what the pastor is saying, and I, it's, it's, it's kind of close to home because... I seem to suffer from some the same tendencies. God gives me a great victory, and it should draw me into a clearer focus on him and a greater obedience to him and a, a greater reliance on him, but I tend to get prideful and focused on myself, basically taking credit for what God did, 
and a fall down spiritually all over again. Brother Ray, it's a good thing we have a Savior. And it's a good thing we know who that is, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, Father, thank you. Um, look, I, I look at passages like these and I say, okay, this is the natural tendency of men. Uh, this, is a, this is the natural tendency of our sin nature. Um, and so what, what can I do? Well, I need to stand guard against this, amen? Uh, I need to understand that just because there's been some great victory in my life, something, something great has been accomplished, um, that's, that's not a time to, to stop, uh, to, be, uh, to start being casual in our relationship with the Lord, start being casual or careless in our spiritual disciplines, Bible reading and, uh, and prayer. You got to remember what, what led to the victory in the first place, right? It's the Lord uh, blessing us for our obedience to him and, you know, good spiritual disciplines, all, all of those things. When we've had a great victory, Brother Ray, we need to stand guard against the tendency to kind of ease off the gas, to pull away from the Lord and say, nope, I know that today, this week, this month, in the face of this great, I, I'm, at, I'm at risk of giving in and, and, and letting this great victory be tarnished by um, the same type of decisions that we see here. We stand guard. You stand guard in situations like this. Uh, look at verse 15. They're still in Second Kings, uh, sorry, Second Chronicles. Uh, Wherefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah. Just gave him a great victory, but now he's worshiping other gods. And so the Lord sent unto him a prophet, which said unto him, Why hast thou sought after the gods of the people, which could not deliver their own people out of thine hand? The Lord says through the prophet to Amaziah, why in the world are you interested in gods that couldn't rescue uh, the Edomites from uh, you? Why, why in the world would you want that powerless God? You have the one true God who's omnipotent. This doesn't make any sense. And verse 16 continues, it came to pass <clears throat> as he, the prophet, talked with him, the king, Amaziah. The king said unto him, unto the prophet, Art thou made of the king's counsel? <laughs> he says, did I make you my counselor? Did I hire you to give me counsel? Being a little sarcastic there, isn't he? Uh, or un, uh, ungrateful. Art thou made of the king's counsel? Have I made you my counselor? Forbear. Why shouldest thou be uh, spit, smitten? Then the prophet forbear and said, I know that God hath determined to destroy thee. Yikes. Because thou hast done this, and hast not hearkened unto my counsel. God gave him a great victory, thank the Lord, by worshiping false gods. God graciously sent a prophet to warn him, and he steadfastly refused the counsel of God's prophet, and so the prophet delivers the message, hey, God will destroy you because of this. Does sin have consequences? Always, always, always. Um, we'll see that, sure enough, Amaziah is going to be killed um, in an unpleasant manner, uh, a consequence of his sin. Lord, help me, help us to 
stand guard. When you give us a victory, help us not to take credit for it. Help us not to take our eyes off of you and take credit that you deserve. Help us to stay close to you. Help us to continue giving the credit to thank you that we not fall back the minute you give us a victory. Um, would you turn back to 2 Kings 14? 2 Kings 14. So we're turning from the parallel account back to 2 Kings where we're studying through uh, 2 Kings 14. Um, Amaziah became very careless, very prideful, and very careless in allowing his pride to be bolstered. Gary, I think you, you said it very well. He got puffed up, he got prideful about his victory, uh, allowed that to cause his focus to turn from his Lord to himself. Uh, he takes up idols. He takes up idols. Uh, he got stupid. <laughs> that's Gary's summary. It's a good summary. Uh, yeah, he got stupid. Uh, that's a good summary. It was stupid. Didn't make any sense at all. Didn't have to be that way. But this is our natural tendency. This is, this is the, the sin nature on display. Uh, he got prideful. He pridefully turned away from the Lord to idols. He pridefully goes out looking for other battles uh, and other victories. Why would he do that? Why, why would he go? He's just you know, been through this difficult battle. He's been given a great victory. Why would he go out looking for more battles? He's puffed up. You know, if man, I feel good after this victory. Let me go out and see if I can stir up some other trouble and uh, go into battle again and have another victory. I'll feel twice as good. People think twice as much of me. They'll think, boy, that Amaziah is really something. Be great politically. He's going to feel good, look good, all, all of that. Um, pride desires more pride. Brother Ray, pride is never satisfied. It's like a drug. You know, it's like an addiction. Uh, it's never satisfied unless we just take it to the Lord and say, Lord, help me. Break my pride. Help me to be humble, truly humble before you. You ever pray prayers and not really mean it? Oh, I should pray God break my pride and help me to be humble. Sometimes we pray what we think we should pray, but I don't know that we always mean it the way we should. Do you know what I mean? I've been convicted about that recently. I pray, Lord, I, I know that I need to pray this prayer right here. I'm going to pray this prayer, and I'll pray. I'll just, before I pray, I say, Lord, help me to pray this and mean it. You ever pray that? Lord, I know I need to pray this prayer. Help me to pray it and mean it. And he does. He does. Amaziah pridefully challenges Jehoash of Israel to war. Uh, he looks up north and says, hey, I bet we can spark a little trouble there and have another little skirmish, Brother Ray, get another victory, another notch in our belt here. Another victory. Verse 8, then Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoash, the son of Jehoaz, son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, Come, let us look one another in the face. Come down here, mister. I'm going to look you in the face. Let's, let's go. Jehoash answered with a parable. Verse 9, Jehoash, king of Israel, up in the north, sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, down south, saying, here's his parable. The thistle 
that was in Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, it's a little thing to a big thing, saying, give thy daughter to my son to wife. Uh, and there passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon and trode down the thistle. Um, you know, it's, it is a parable. You think about that for a few minutes, but I think it's, it's pretty clear the basic idea here. He, he, Jehoash likened Amaziah to an annoying thistle, which would eventually be crushed uh, by a passing animal. He says, you know what? You're just annoying. Why don't you, why don't you leave me alone? You're going you're gonna to poke and pro, you're gonna poke the bear until the bear comes and crushes you. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe you should just stop that. It was good counsel. Gave it to him in a parable. The Lord did that too. Uh, Joash won't have it. Um, sorry, Amaziah won't have it. Uh, Jehoash points to his pride and urged him to stop. Verse 10, he says, Thou hast indeed smitten Edom down to the southeast, modern day southern Jordan. Thou hast indeed smitten Edom, and he had. And thine heart has lifted thee up. Well, it must be Brother Gary Redhead. Uh, Jehoash says, hey, man, you, you had this victory, sure enough, but now you're all puffed up. Your heart has lifted you up. Glory of this and tarry at home. Just stay home. Take your victory and be satisfied. Be content. Stay home. That's good counsel. That's good advice. For why shouldest thou meddle to thy herd? Listen, you, you got out of Edom with the victory. You're going to keep looking for trouble. You're going to find it. You're going to get hurt. That thou shouldest fall, even thou uh, and Judah with thee. Listen, <laughs> uh, you're all puffed up personally, but bear in mind, you're going to get yourself in trouble, but all of Judah uh, as well. Amaziah refused to back down. Verse 11, but Amaziah would not hear, uh, being all puffed up, allowing yourself to be focused on yourself. Be prideful. Feed your pride. Uh, that could be a tough thing to, to escape. That could be a tough thing uh, to walk away from. Amaziah would not hear. Um, <laughs> when you know that your pride is leading you to a bad place, but you pridefully refuse, you're... you're you're pridefully struggling to come off of that path, that path to a bad place. What can you do? Brother Ray, what, what can you do? Your pride is leading you to a bad place, and you know it. You're convicted. You're struggling to come back around to where you should. What can you do, Gary? Don't be stupid, Gary said. Don't be, Lord, help me. Help me. Lord, help me. Cry out to the Lord. Have some verses that deal with pride and, and, and humility if that's a struggle. And it's a struggle for all of us to some degree. Um, have some verses. Cry out. Lord, help me. I, my, my pride is taking me to a bad place. It's all I can do to put the brakes on and come about. Lord, please. You help me. Lord, help me to pray that prayer and to mean that prayer. Amaziah would not hear. Therefore, Jehoash, king of Israel, went up 
And he and Amaziah, king of Judah, looked one another in the face at Beth Shemesh. You picture that, Zach? They're, they're right in each other's faces, kind of snorting and huffing and puffing uh, like two bulls. Uh, Beth Shemesh, which belongeth to Judah. Uh, verse 12, and Judah was put to the worse before Israel. What do you suppose that means, Rich? They got walloped. This didn't have to happen. Uh, Jehoash wasn't looking for a fight, not, not today at least. Uh, you know, there was peace until Amaziah pridefully went out looking to stir up trouble. Judah was put to the worst before Israel, and they fled every man to their tents. But that's not the end of it. But wait, there's more. Uh, verse 13, Jehoash, king of Israel, took Amaziah, king of Judah, son of Jehoash, the son of Isaiah at Beth Shemesh and came to Jerusalem and break down the wall of Jerusalem. You look at that and say, you know, my, my pride is not really a big deal. Uh, sure, Amaziah got puffed up and prideful, not really a big deal. No, it's a big deal. It led him into a war that caused Judah to be attacked, brought the battle right into Jerusalem, caused the walls of Jerusalem to be uh, brought down uh, from the gate of Ephraim unto the corner gate, 400 cubits, verse 14, and he took, Jehoash took from the temple, evidently all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of the Lord and in the treasures of the king's house and hostages uh, and returned to Samaria. Where's Samaria? That'd be, that'd be their capital back up north, right? Took their wealth, took their people, took their stuff, got out of there. Does um, pride have consequences? Yeah. Lord, help me not to be prideful about the great things that happen in my life. Lord, you give me a victory. Give me a heart to give you credit for that. Lest my pride get puffed up and my pride take me to a place that I should not go. Do you think it's important to pray prayers like that? Brother Ray, this, is, um, this account happened uh, roughly 2,800 years ago. That's a long time ago, right? Is it important to pray prayers like this today? I mean, the, the kind of prayer I'm suggesting that should have been prayed in this day. Do, do you think that people today are at risk of the same kind of, of spiritual struggles and challenges and errors that Amaziah fell into 2,800 or so years ago? Is that maybe why it's in the Bible? That would be one of the reasons. Lord, help us to see, Brother Art. break my pride, change me, conform me to your will, help me to be humble. Lord, I pray that, and, and I mean it, but help me mean it even more. <laughs> um, 
you mentioned the spiritual battle aspect of this. You know, I think sometimes the devil wants to spark a problem in our lives. Sometimes he wants to spark the problem. But I'm more and more convinced, and I think the Lord has shown me this, that more than looking to spark problems, he's looking for people that have sparked problems in their life, and he just wants to come and throw gas on it. Do you know what I mean? You allow yourself to get all puffed up. He, he can see that. He'll, he'll be happy to come and throw gas on that fire. He's not going to throw water on it. He's going to throw gas on it. Like spiritual battle works like that a lot. Sometimes devil looking for an opportunity to spark a problem. But I think more times than not, he's looking for people that are kind of raising their hand and saying, hey, I'm all puffed up. I'm all prideful, just like you, Satan. He wouldn't say that, but that's how he sees it, I believe. And he just steps in and says, sure enough, let me help you go there. You won't be prideful? I'll, I'll help you out. Cast to the fire. Uh, Lord, help us. Lord, help us. Break our pride. Help us to pray that and mean it and, and to be humbled before you. Um, this man had great victories. He allowed his heart to be lifted up, and he allowed his heart to carry him to a place that he should not have gone and suffered great consequences. Think about how gracious the Lord has been to him up to this point. Um, the Lord graciously sent a prophet to warn him about the hired mercenaries and the battle with the Edomites. Um, the Lord graciously warned him about the problem of taking the spoils of the idols from, from the Edomites and, and worshiping them. Gary, the Lord could have just easily crushed him right there, right? What, you're, you're worshiping false gods just at, at, immediately after he gave you this great victory? End of you. No, he gave him a, a space to repent. He sent a man to warn him and gave him the space to repent, but he refused. Uh, he refused. Lord, help us to stand guard against that kind of pride. Lord, help us to pray and to mean it. Lord, break our pride. Help us to be humble. Help us to be yielded. Very hard to be prideful and yielded to the Lord at the same time. Lord, break my pride and help me to be yielded to you. I'm gonna stop there. Let's pray, please. Father, we thank you, Lord, tonight for your words. Thank you, Father, for recording these historical events that teach such important lessons. Lord, I know tonight these are not just fictional accounts, they're actual literal history. But you've seen fit to inscripturate for our instruction. Lord, I have no doubt tonight that one of the reasons that you've allowed these events is to teach us, to instruct us. That's no small thing. Lord, I have no doubt tonight you've allowed these things that are so offensive to you, in part at least, to instruct us even tonight. That's not a small thing, Father. I thank you tonight for 
working in history to instruct us and working supernaturally to accomplish the inscripturation and the preservation of these words for our instruction. Lord, help us to take these things as seriously as you do, so obviously. Father, we